Welcome to Prompt Help Podcast. Here at Prompt Help, we're touching on all of the trends and topics relevant today in health and wellness. Each and every week, we chat with health experts in medical, holistic, and allied health and wellness so they may share their wisdom with you. We believe everyone's journey in health and wellness should be personalized for them as one size does not fit all. Make sure you check out PromptHealth.ca to see how we personally are combating some of the inefficiencies within the healthcare system. Without further ado, I'm Heidi and this journey to the healthier you can begin right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Prompt Health Podcast. Here we are again talking about another area that we can all learn something from. For those of you who've been listening to us, you know we talk to different health professionals every week with niche areas. We have been talking about mental health and mood a lot lately, and in our latest IGTV series, we talked about relationships. While we're on that topic, we're going to talk about toxic relationship beliefs today. So essentially, things that we should let go of in order to pave the way for healthier relationships. We had the pleasure of connecting with Kimberly Hill, a certified solution-focused coach and master NLP practitioner with a focus on relationship theory. She specifically coaches men to claim their confidence and experience healthy and authentic relationships. She's also the creator of an online course called Confidence in Love, where she teaches men how to upgrade their mindset and experience deeper intimacy. Now, without further ado, let's get started with Kimberly Hill, the men's coach. Thanks for joining us. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you here with us. We're excited to talk about uh, this topic and learn from you. Uh, So you have a very unique background as a men's coach, uh, supporting men to build authentic and real relationships, which is super interesting. Um, So just wanted to start by um, hearing your story and Tell us about you and your line of work and uh, we go from there. Yeah, sure. Well, firstly, thank you for having me on here. And uh, I started coaching men exclusively about a year ago, um, but I, I had no idea that this is the kind of field I was going to end up in <laughs> before <laughs> even getting into the world of coaching. I spent, uh, it was around nine or 10 years working in financial derivatives overseas in Singapore and traveling around various parts of the world. And the thing about that industry is it's pretty much male dominated, right? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was, uh, there were other females, but not many of them. And so I found myself kind of working with, uh, reporting to, traveling with, hiring uh, men all day, every day for nine, 10 years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we had this really wonderful a unique benefit in the company I worked in. They actually hired a coach kind of slash counselor to be made available to the staff. You know, it's a high stress environment, lots of deals and money being transferred around, lots of travel. Um, And it was just a really nice perk. Uh, And I took the opportunity to say, yeah, I want to speak to somebody because there's, there's always something to work through in life. And when I had this chance to speak to this wonderful uh, coach, 
a man as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I learned a lot just through those coaching conversations, very encouraging conversations, really helped me to get clarity in my own life. Um, and of course, one of the focus fo- or topics of focus for uh, a conversation with this gentleman was what was happening in my relationships. Um, And it was through kind of this just self-discovery that I actually realized that I wanted to also do this myself. Um, And it took it took me about two years to really recognize that. But there was a a real resistance that I was feeling in my current work and in my current life. And I really didn't feel like I was living up to my own full potential. And I'd always wanted to start my own business. So through that encouragement, through those conversations with a coach, I actually decided to uh, quit my career, move back home and start this business. And here I am now uh, coaching men to feel more supported, more confident, um, and to really understand what makes a healthy and loving relationship. So that's a very short version. (laughs) (laughs) But here I am today. Amazing. So we, you know, we love talking to people like yourself, because there's so many niches within you know the industry where a lot of people don't know about and we all have certain needs um when it comes to you know health and wellness and relationships is one of them of course and Mm -hmm. uh, so if there are people like yourself who is specialized in that and specialized specifically with men what a great um you know uh what a great story and uh it's you know, we're here to educate people and help people to find out about all these services. So this is great. So today we wanted to talk about uh, toxic relationship beliefs. And yes, um, yeah. (laughs) So so I wanted to um, talk to you about what are the relationship beliefs that we should readjust or get rid of? Yeah, so they're very, there's five of them that I have to share with you today. And they're very common but they can be very harmful um, and we can all do with removing them from our lives. And uh, many of us have struggled with these or maybe even struggled to understand healthy relationships in general. So it's important to know what's a toxic belief. Um, so the first one, and, and this is one that creeps up a lot in the coaching I do with men, which is your happiness is the responsibility of your partner, right? That's not true, right? But many of us believe that to be true, right? So who's really responsible for our happiness, right? If the answer isn't me, myself, then we're in trouble. So a lot of us know that life can be better. It can be easier. It can be a lot less lonely when we are with a partner, mm-hmm. except when it isn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's during those tough times, it's very tempting for us to assume that it is because the other person is perhaps selfishly withholding whatever we want at that time, i.e. they're responsible for our our unhappiness because they're taking something away from us. So whether it's that they're not giving us, uh, us enough intimacy or appreciation or sex or attention or understanding, right? Or we feel our partner is giving too much of what we don't want right? They're giving us too much advice or criticism or control or judgment or whatever it might be. And and we're so attached to that, that our happiness becomes so intertwined with our partners. 
And what happens is it isn't until we get really far into our relationships or even marriage, perhaps, that it really finally becomes clear that our happiness is up to us, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a very big difference between enjoying the happiness that our partner brings into our life and seeing it as their job to make us happy. So there's this, you've heard the saying, love heals all wounds, right? Yeah. Well, it's very pervasive in our culture, but it's a myth that needs a proper burial because love doesn't heal all wounds, right? Yeah. Hard work does. That's true. So uh, that's the first one, right? That our happiness is solely our own responsibility versus the outdated belief that our happiness is the responsibility of our partner. So that's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the second one is that relationships should be conflict free. Have you heard this one before? <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, here is the truth, right? Relationships are never conflict free, right? What they are are conflict resolvers. So when we get two people in a room, right, we're going to get two histories, two belief systems, you know, two brains. Uh, and that's a wonderful recipe for conflict. So you're going to have it. <laughs> and of course. Is, is if you're not having some kind of conflict in your relationship, the question I want you to ask yourself is what are you actually not saying? Okay. So conflict helps us in, uh, in a bunch of ways, right? It signals a need for change for both parties. Uh, it shows us that our lives are, are interdependent. Um, and it often uh, is because a need or an underlying need is not being met. So really conflict can be an opportunity to discuss and resolve something, mm -hmm. right? So relationships are going to have conflict. And if you're wondering, oh no, my relationship has conflict, it's doomed. That's not necessarily true because all relationships, even the relationship masters will have conflict. Yeah. So that's another one we need to get rid of. Um, now here's one that people might find a little more controversial. Um, believing that work or our children are more important than time in our relationships. Mm -hmm. So some people believe, well, I have to prioritize work because that's how we get, you know, our, a roof over our head or, uh, you know, the children have to be tended to first. But um, some interesting research by uh, doctors John and Julie Gottman actually show that uh, two thirds of couples report a decline in their relationship satisfaction up to three years after having a baby, right? Mm -hmm. yep. why, why do we think, right? Well, for obvious reasons, sleep deprivation, one, <laughs> chores, less time for sex, less time for intimacy, the list goes on. But the thing is, is that we can actually shield against this by prioritizing the relationship. Right. If we say that you and I, this relationship is number one, it doesn't mean that work's not important. It doesn't mean our children aren't important. Of course not. It just means that our priority is to make sure we have a solid foundation, that we carve out time for restoring emotional intimacy. Right. Very if, true. Yeah. Right. If children become the mm -hmm. priority and then the relationship suffers, how does that actually help the children? Yeah. Right. So it's our lifestyles and actions that really reveal what matters most to us. And since time is equal for everybody in the world, how we spend it really shows what's most, most important to us. So that belief that believing work or children are more important than time in the relationship uh, can actually really do a disservice to you and to your children. Right. 
So that's sure. the third one. And we got two left. Are you still with me? <laughs> of course. No, I'm just absorbing it all yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Well, the fourth is that, uh, you know, okay, this belief that I can't depend on my partner for my well-being, right? We talked about that we can't rely on them for our happiness. And then, okay, well, I can't rely on them for my well-being either. But that's not true, right? There, we have to, you know, we, we can't be totally independent right? There's a healthy interdependence that exists here. And while, uh, while we know, right, that we can't rely on them for our happiness, uh, our partner should absolutely be a source of well being, right? Mm -hmm. Healthy dependence is having a very healthy, secure bond with our partners. It means that we are emotionally available to one another. It means that we are emotionally engaged with one another. It means we can be emotionally responsive, right? So it absolutely should be a safe haven and a place for our well-being. And that doesn't mean that we won't have conflict, right? <laughs> it doesn't mean that we're always going to be happy, right? But it means that there's a secure bond and there's safety here. So absolutely, uh, you know, there is going to be some kind of healthy interdependence in our loving relationships, right? Yeah. And the last one here is, and I hear this one a lot, and I used to believe this one too. And so asking for what you need from your partner means they just don't get you, right? They just don't understand mm -hmm. me, right? And of course, this is nonsense, because um, if you believe this to be true, then you're basically saying that my partner should be able to read my mind. <laughs> and, you know, despite some of us being very intuitive, uh, we cannot be anticipating or knowing what our partner needs all of the time. Some of us and a lot of the clients I work with don't even know what they need, firstly, let alone what our partner needs from us. Right. Yeah. And, you know, often the blocker to this is, is the reason we don't, you know, we don't want to ask for what we need is because, well, we also have to firstly identify it, right? And then when we figure out what we need, we have to overcome fear and shame and the idea of rejection when we actually go to ask for it. So often we just don't ask for what we need. It's too scary. And then we get upset when our partners can't read our minds. And then what happens is we lean out from our relationships. We become emotionally disengaged and it's the beginning of the end. <laughs> so yeah. uh, really getting clear and having that emotional vulnerability and openness to ask for what you need from your partner is so important because again, we just can't read minds. So that's a quick review of a very five kind of what I would <laughs> consider toxic beliefs that a lot of us kind of are rolling with these days and they're not true. So hundred percent. Yeah. What a great, you know, summary and reminder for all of us, because it's easy to, you know, get um, to the, uh, forget, forget mm -hmm. all the business of life. And especially with everything we're going through right now, um, it's once you sit back and you, you listen to what we just listened to right now, it, it's a great reminder for all of us. So this is great. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, and what is the biggest piece of uh, well, well, before before we get into um, you know your <laughs> what you're gonna leave us with, what are some of the biggest issues that you're seeing um, your clients facing today? Yeah, so um, it it kind of ebbs and flows and changes over time, but what I am noticing is a couple of emerging themes. One, I tend to 
coach men that would identify as the kind of nice guy or the people pleaser, right? Mm -hmm. And often when we are too nice or people pleasing all the time, um, it's deeply rooted in our own insecurity and we become enablers of our partners and we find that we become very resentful of our partners or very, you know, just agitated with the relationship. Because again, it goes back to not being assertive enough to ask for what we want or even knowing what that is. Uh, so I, I often see that, um, you know, and, and those types of men also like to avoid conflict too, right? They don't want to get into conflict head on. None, nobody likes conflict. Well, I mean, maybe some people do, right? <laughs> but generally yeah. speaking, no one, no one wants conflict. It's, it's awful. It feels awful. But the truth is, is that it happens. And there are really, you know, there are better ways that we can have healthier conflict um, and that we can, you know, actually resolve and move past a lot of issues. So I see that a lot. Um, I also yeah. see a lot of men that are kind of putting too much weight in the relationships and not enough time and energy and effort into the other areas of their lives that make them feel happy and bring them joy. Again, this goes back to that. It's funny how it all ties in with these beliefs. It goes back to my partner should be right, should be the source of all my joy and love and inspiration and happiness. Well, it's just too much for anybody to maintain that high standard, right? So what I notice is that many men um, have to not put their relationships on hold, but also make sure they're giving time and energy to their own passions and hobbies, to their own mental health, to their physical health, uh, to their own, you know, learning, um, and also to their friendships outside their relationships. So having men connecting with other healthy men. And what I am noticing mm -hmm. is that some, not all, but some of my clients um, are lacking in that area. And there are a lot of reasons why that is. And we wouldn't, won't get into and unpack those today, but it's I'm noticing that, you know, there's too much pressure and stress on, on the relationship to be so perfect. Um, and it's at the expense of everything else going on in their lives. So we often dig into mm -hmm. looking at a little bit of our, our balance and where we need to spend some of our attention to, because what happens is uh, when we don't have this healthy balance, when we're not kind of living in a, a, a purpose, we are lacking that direction. Uh, we're lacking that sense of identity and what that welcomes into our life is confusion, overthinking, anxiety, depression, uh, and insecurity. So I'd say right now uh, that would be a good summary of two kind of major issues that I, I, uh, I work with men on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is what you started with going back to the whole, you know, self-care and self-love yeah. and you have to be happy with yourself to be happy in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. Saying. Otherwise we're using relationships as a band-aid, right? We, you know, and then you can get into trauma bonding and just all sorts of topics. Right. But, you know, in order to meet somebody and to have a healthy relationship, we don't have to be perfect right? What is perfect perfection anyways, but we have to also just understand who we are, what we like and don't like, where our boundaries are, what we need, what we don't need, right? All those types of things. It's just, it sounds like common sense, but nobody's really taught us this, 
we learn our relationship beliefs and, and how we operate in relationships based on the stories we tell ourselves and the beliefs we have around relationships. And that really heavily impacts the quality of the relationships we have. So, Yeah, that's so true. And what is um, the biggest piece of advice that you can give to the listeners? Yeah, so biggest piece of advice is to ask yourself the question and, and do a little bit of a, I think, a, like a holistic view of our lives. So uh, this is an exercise I actually do, but I think it's a really amazing takeaway for anybody that's listening today is to think about all the categories that make up your life. You know, like I was saying earlier, our friendships, our community, our learning, our hobbies, our intimate relationships, our family, and really think about what our level of satisfaction is with all of those areas. And if there's an area that strikes you as low satisfaction or something that doesn't even make it on the radar, then that is an area that you could probably use a little focus and love and care on. Right. And so what often happens is we say, you know what, I'm actually not doing anything I enjoy or I'm not doing any of my passions. And the question is, why not? Right. Or I'm struggling with my social network and I have really low satisfaction here. So why don't I put some effort into uh, boosting this area? So my advice is to just think of your own life from a holistic perspective and find out where some of your gray areas are. And that's your key uh, to kind of increasing your overall satisfaction. So, yeah, that's my little takeaway. Takeaway slash exercise. Yeah. Great, Great takeaway. And how can people reach out to find you? Yeah, really? thanks for asking. So uh, I, I hang out most on Instagram. <laughs> so I, I've got my own uh, mm. account there. It's Kimberly Anina Hill. Uh, you can find me there. Um, and what's really interesting is that some of the content I shared with you today on toxic relationship beliefs is actually in a, a, a course I just launched. So uh, yes, I do private one-on-one -on -one coaching with men, uh, but that isn't always suitable for everybody, right? Sometimes people can't afford private coaching. Uh, and so I've actually created a seven-week course that has everything from boosting our own confidence to looking at our own life balance to then getting into the relationship theory um, and how to deepen our emotional and physical and intellectual and experiential intimacy with our partners. Um, and so people can also uh, take the course from the comfort of their home right now. Um, and so if people want to reach out, again, Instagram would probably be the best spot, Kimberly Nina Hill. I do have a website, KimberlyNinaHill.com. Probably needs a little updating, but there's some nice testimonials up there. Um, and yeah, that's the best way for people to find me. Amazing. Well, I certainly learned so much. It was a great summary and you wrapped it really well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, likewise. It, it, was, it was great to be on here and share that. And I hope someone just took a little nugget away from today. And You've been listening to the Prompt Help Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, and check us out on our website, prompthelp.ca. Subscribe for free to keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen from. Ratings and reviews would mean the absolute world to us. And tell your friends, Prompt Help is the next big thing. 
Find similar episodes every Sunday. Until next time.